What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Crunch Bunch? It's your boy, Ethan. Just checking in on you. Um, before this interview gets going with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, I just wanted to update you guys on a few things. Not really update, kind of explain, and also apologize. First thing, the internet doesn't really work in my house, and I'm trying some things to fix that, and hopefully it'll be better in the future, so bear with it for this interview. You can hear pretty much everything that's going on, but it stutters in places, and it gets kind of annoying, so I understand if you're miffed at me. I miffed at myself. But uh, Patrick and I are using that Patreon money that we've been getting um, to kind of work around it. It kind of sucks because I'm just in an in-between situation where we're about to go home for the summer. So do we invest in getting a new router for the last two episodes that will be here? Do we not? I don't know. We're trying to make it as good as possible for the next couple of episodes while we're still here. Um, but this interview was really only the big thing that impacted it. So I apologize in advance. It's tricky when you're in college, and I hope you understand. Um, second of all, Kevin and Lisa wrote this great book that we talked about for this whole interview called Dating Detox. Um, it's a phenomenal book. I've started to read it since then. That's not true. I opened it to the first page, and I'm ready to read it at some point. But you should definitely order it. Check it out. Um, the dating world is crazy and wild, as we know too well. If you've been following us since the beginning, you know that um, talking about Catholic dating is a passion of mine um, since I know nothing about it firsthand. So not a big deal. Anyway, uh, please enjoy the episode. Please uh, support Kevin and Lisa, buy their book, follow them on Twitter, do whatever it is you want to do. Listen to their podcast. They have a great podcast called How to Catholic um, that does really, really good stuff because um, they know more than me and Patrick. So uh, give them a listen as well. But overall, uh, thank you for your support. Um, these next few weeks are going to be a bit rough for both me and Pat as we finish up with finals and everything. But um, we've got some, some good episodes for you to uh, finish out the school year and ride into the summer like cowboys. Yeehaw. Anyway, enjoy the episode, and I will see you guys next week. Giddy up. I can't even see either of you, so. Oh, really? We can see you? Oh, you yeah, can? We're going to go with. Uh... Oh, no. I better put yeah, my shirt back on. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, episode 32. This is your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Postle. 
And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. And we've got Kevin and Lisa Cotter here to drop some knowledge bombs on us, and I'm so incredibly excited. Hello, Kevin and Lisa. Hello. How's it going? I feel like we have to share our Twitter handles now. Do Kevin it. It's, it's a part of Lisa the and, thing, yeah. Lisa and Cotter, that's it. And with no, it's either ill. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, does it annoy you that your wife has more followers than you do? Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Twitter's it really informal. It annoys me that Ethan has more followers than me, if that helps. The only reason I keep tweeting is to stay at a higher follower level than Patrick. That's a goal. That's there a was goal. one point where he had exactly 1,000 more than I did, and he did not let me live it down. <laughs> he just kept talking about it. Are you down to three-digit gap, or is it still a four-digit gap? Oh, it's still four digits. Yeah. It's still a pretty big gap. It happens. Yeah. Such is life. Yeah, how are we doing? How's how's the great the great land of Colorado? Well, we're currently looking out our windows at the beautiful Rocky Mountain. Oh it's man, here in the foothills, and it's a pretty nice day out. Oh man, it is nice. Yeah, things are turning green, so praise God for that. Wonderful. You have a good nice. good Easter weekend. Nice nice time. Sorry, what? I think I think we didn't hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I asked something cut off. We just heard. Did you have a nice time? <laughs> And the Antlers have a nice time. I was just asking about your Easter weekend. <laughs> yes, we did. We took the kids to vigil, which is always like one of those insane parent decisions because then they're destroyed on Easter day. Yeah, but hey, you know, it's always worth it. So yeah, We had 17 people in our parish coming into the church. Teen were in their 20s or 30s, so that was really awesome. Oh, that's wild. Well, that is it was really awesome. That's so cool. Did uh did how many did you kids make it sleep? How many times? No, they never fall asleep. Yeah, they, they never fall asleep. fall asleep. No, no. Last year when our Grace, our oldest, was two, like after every reading, she would go, "Now donuts." Really, loud. <laughs> so. I do that now. That's actually <laughs> <laughs> no. I we... always fall asleep during the Easter vigil, even when I was serving the Easter vigil. Like, I was falling asleep on Deacon Tom's shoulder, and everyone in the first half of the parish was just laughing at me the whole time. Like, LOL, Patrick's falling asleep. What a nerd. That's so cute, Pat. <laughs> that is really cute. How was yours, Easter's, and living your college and campus? Did you go home? Uh, I w- yeah, go ahead, home. Pat. What? Uh, who, me? Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to talk yeah, about go for Easter. It. All yeah. right, so I went home to... My family in Florida, we went out to Easter brunch on like a little like restaurant on the beach. It was pretty nice. And uh, Ethan, you went home. Yeah, I did. Went back to the good old KC. Um, we, my home parish is just started a new, like it's a new parish. So we had Easter vigil in a gymnasium, uh, mm. which was really exciting. We had to do the fire out in the parking lot, um, which was kind of fun to just be in a school parking lot and lighting fires and candles and things. It felt kind of weird hearing the swings swinging behind us, but uh, yeah, it was really cool. We didn't have anybody new coming into the church, but we've only been around since September, so not terribly yeah. sad, but it was good. It was a good time. I enjoyed being home. Who's who's that pastor? I know that new church, I, but I can't remember what it's, it's called. It's St. John Paul II. Yes, it is. St. John Paul II yeah. with Father Andrew Strobel. Andrew Strobel. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you got my boy and Lisa Needleman. Oh, gosh. Mikey is our uh, I know music name. minister. So cool. Oh, yeah. His, so to the Such listeners, cool if you dude. haven't picked up Mikey Needleman's music, Mikey Needleman's fantastic. Really we went cool. to grade school together. Are Mikey you serious? I am serious. Oh, that's wild. He's coming up with a new album soon, and he's going to cash in his 
I I need you to do a favor for me, Ethan, by asking to be on the podcast so we promote his music when it comes out. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Patrick, you might not have known this, but you are outnumbered three Kansas Cityans to one. I, and now I feel sad. I think now I need to go visit Kansas City, right? Ethan, can I stay at your house? Please don't ever visit me. <laughs> All right, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys know this, but uh, our very first episode of The Crunch was about Catholic dating. That was actually how Ethan and I decided oh. to start our podcast. We decided That's that we brilliant. were going to rant for 30 minutes about Catholic dating. So we have a lot of opinions. Yeah, we do. And our listeners have a lot of questions about or at least they have a Fantastic. few. We got a few. We got a few cyber questions from them. Um, so tell us a little bit about this masterpiece of Catholic literature, uh, the dating Didache. detox. Oh, I mean, like dating detox. Oh wait, what? Never mind. Carry on. Oh, never mind. A masterpiece. Wow, a lot of pressure on the book there. Um, <laughs> yes. So detox. It's it is a book that was after Seek 2015. I was home praying mm-hmm. for the students who had been there and. And it what? two, three weeks. And this kind of, you know where they're at. I was like, yeah, I do. I know where they're at. Like conference highs gone. All those great ideas about how they're going to change their life were all of a sudden becoming real and becoming a challenge. And, and a lot of them, it was like crash and burn. And so I was thinking, you know, the biggest struggle I think a lot of times is, is the chassis side of it, the dating side of it, the, the, mm, side of it and so i was thinking you know there there needs to be how do you practically go from like wanting to change your life especially in the realm of dating to actually doing it i was like yeah that's a great idea someone should write that book that'd be really good (laughs) um and then for like weeks that thought stayed within the holy spirit just made it very clear like no no no, you're going to write that book i was like oh yeah yeah yeah, i know because i'm like i'm not a writer like i don't enjoy this I remember this college paper and it was like, finally, I have to write anything again besides an email, right? <laughs> and and lo and behold, like, here I am called to write this book. So we brought Kevin on board because I'm a girl and I know the girl side, but I don't know the guy side. And we wanted a book that could relate to both men and women. So Kevin and I ended up writing it together. And that was kind of the birth of the book. I think that's a strong point because it's always nice to see a first and first then last name on a dating book, you know? Because then, not some, you know, it's not just somebody's theories on like, this is how dating could be. I don't know because I'm not married, but this is how dating could be, you know? So at least, at least you know there's a success story going in. I like, I like that. Yes. <laughs> like, I like to give you some confidence to start off. Exactly. Like, right. these people probably know what they're talking about. Um, yeah. And it's also perfectly <laughs> set up for Lent. Unfortunately, this episode is coming out after Lent. Um, oh, really? But, you know, true. Dang it. You can always. I was yeah. hoping to get it in at the beginning of Lent. Darn. <laughs> there's there's never a bad time to improve your life. Yeah. So if you're that's... struggling, you still need it. Even if you're not struggling, it's that's one thing that we like to talk about with the book is everybody's in our toxic dating culture. And so you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm messed up or I've uh, done bad things, whatever it might be. We've all been affected by this culture. So it's something that anybody could uh, could use. That was actually our first question. You kind of answered it. Dang it. Um, so <laughs> we, we asked anyway. someone comment on our Facebook post about this episode being uh what it would be do you have the exact question ethan did you yeah i have it it's right here in front of me i'm prepared um so hannah kreitz asks 
What about those who haven't been in a serious enough relationship to be toxic and in need of a detox? How can the Cotter's book be approached by someone like this? Absolutely, like Kevin said, like it's a toxic dating culture. Honestly, like you yourself needed to have been in this toxic, abusive relationship for the book to be for you. And that was kind of the fear with with the title is I was like, but I'm afraid people are going to think, you know, like I had to have had a boyfriend who beat me up, you know, in order to <laughs> apply this. Um, but that's not the case because we have. Well, no, the world affects us, whether we want it to or not, the world affects us. And so this book is detoxing from the world's view of love and dating and sex and giving a vision for what does this look like in a, in a way that's going to give us that authentic freedom to be able to love and be loved. So, yeah, even if you've never had somebody who you've dated, like you've been affected by the culture and the way of dating and the way that you, you view love. And so this book really is for any single. And we've even had parents read it and be like, that was helpful. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if a parent would be able to go through the book. How would how would a married couple do the dating fast part? Because that's that was an interesting part. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, we just you know you just just you get a apartment and you Uh-oh. separate for forty days and it's really healthy. No, that is not <laughs> that what we have. Expensive. <laughs> that's right. No, yeah, it's and we've had people who you know they don't necessarily approach it. Like if they are married or dating couples. So like the Glazes, for example, um, yeah. Daniel and Anna, like they read the book and Anna was like, I learned a ton from that book, even though I'm married, but she didn't read it in the 40 day format. She just read it straight through over a couple mm-hmm. of days. You can certainly do it that way and kind of glean from it. Um, a lot of the lessons and also helps kind of understand like, where's the culture at? Where's the world at in terms of the way that we date and, and what? So yeah, I, I, I think that the, I think the, the one shot read through, uh, would be a good strategy for married couples, but I don't necessarily like like reading through it. I tried to do the one shot just because I was like, you know, I need to get this read before the interview. But then I stopped <laughs> and I was kind of like taking it step by step. And I was like, you know, the the journal component interested me. I was like, that's that's really that, that's really cool. Just, you know, see your progress, and then you have this written like notes from a class. You get like, okay, I can just go back and remember what I read and how it affected me and that sort of thing. And then that's good so, because think, then I can go out into the wild and I'm looking for girls and I can just pull up my, my handy-dandy field guide, <laughs> Dating Detox, and look for my notes and say, oh, don't do that. And then it'll be, <laughs> be good to go. You're out to dinner with the girl. Am I emotionally using you right now? Let me just flip through this book and see. <laughs> nope, I'm not. We're good. We can continue this guy. That's right. <laughs> JP2 would approve. We can keep going. Yes, good. <laughs> Got that TOB on lock. Um, let's see. We've got another. We got another question. Um, this one came in on Twitter. Should I do a serious one, Patrick? What? Should I do a serious one? Absolutely not. Do a funny one. Oh. <laughs> the infamous know, Sergio <laughs> asks, uh, "What did they think of Kendrick's new album?" Thoughts? I mean, I think Kendrick, Kendrick's last two albums were, I believe, went out on Good Friday and then another one on Easter Sunday. And then this one was entitled Damn, and it came out on Friday. And then poetically, he didn't release one on Sunday because he didn't rise back from the dead. So pretty, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about the albums. I just saw this question <laughs> on Twitter earlier in a couple articles up. <laughs> you looked it up. Oh, that's so funny. We were wondering where that was going to go. Yeah, we were, was like, we thought we went one of two ways. Either they have no clue who Kendrick Lamar is, or Lisa has listened to every single album of his. 
that would be like the last album Lisa would ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We don't know anything about Kendrick, but I thought, hey, this would be a fun time where they think, oh, we'll ask him about Kendrick, and they'll have no idea. And as soon as he started going right into it, answer, my jaw literally answer. dropped, Kevin. I was like, oh my gosh, he knows. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea who he is. And never, never listened, but uh, <laughs> that's really I did surmise funny. that from three minutes of research. Wow, you you fooled me. That's for sure. Spoiler alert, Humble actually isn't promoting virtue like I thought it was originally I sh- before I showed it to my youth ministry friends, but we're going to move on. Patrick, we can talk about that later. Um, All right, cool. Here's a good one. Oh, this – oh, we could talk about this for – I could talk about this for hours. But um, how are we supposed to find people also pursuing holiness who feel called to marriage when they're on all dating fasts? Real talk right here. So if everybody's doing a dating fast, how the heck are we supposed to date fast. each other? Yeah. It's kind of trendy right now. I guess, it is huh? a little bit. Your book is ruining the date. No, I'm kidding. That's no. Right. The, the folk fast is not trending. Just the, the idea of being on a dating fast is yeah. kind of trending. Yep. When I, yeah. I feel like girls can use that, that when guys like, oh, well. I'm on a dating fast right now. And that's like an easy way to say, no, I don't want to date you. But anyways, that's neither here or there. I, obviously, with dating fast, you, you don't want to just make them forever. Lent's a certain season, and it's only so long for a reason. So, uh, yeah, what would you recommend as far as how long would you go on a dating fast? It probably... Yeah, I mean, a focus dating fest is interesting because it has an actual purpose to it, like yeah. with your mission. And so that's why it's it's like a year. Um, but if you're just doing one on your own, I mean, in our book, we say 40 days, right? Like, so really in the scheme of things, 40 days, like the, the percentage of the year that that is, isn't enough that it should be like affecting your <laughs> entire dating culture. <laughs> like, you can wait 40 days. That's right. Yeah, you can wait 40 days. So, yeah, I mean, but if, if some people I know, I just got a question today um, on Facebook uh, from a girl uh, just finished her detox. And she's like, well, I was going to go through through the uh, summer, like through the end of July or beginning of July. But I met someone. So now what? <laughs> My advice to her was just like, you know, you, you have to did you begin the fast to begin with like did you i mean she finished her detox so that's like what we asked for and there was a purpose to that fast at that time to be able to clear your mind for those 40 days but in terms of extending it like i kind of asked her well why like why did you do what you wished or is there more that needs to be done like when you started your fast was it with a specific purpose or like, I don't know, this will be cool. How about this date? So I think it's really evaluating why am I doing this and has it met its purpose? Um, and then that's going to help you to determine, like, do I really need to continue this or is it just, I, I don't know, because some people, you know, they just, yeah, it's like, well, I committed just to Just generically it. holy things. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, you don't have to become friends with somebody. You can still become friends with somebody even if you are they ask, and that's probably the best way to start dating Anyway, uh, that obviously doesn't restrict you. Uh, good friendships are a good way to test, like, where am I at on this dating fast? And am I ready to date as well? That's good. good. Um, someone someone asked I can see you guys have thought about this. Yeah, a little bit. It's like they wrote a <laughs> book or something. Somebody also asked, like, what if you're – I also have this problem. Uh, I have this problem a lot. It's like, what if you're friends with a girl and you're just, like, really attracted to her and neither of you can, like, date? You know, is there a good like what 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 are the practical ways that that friendship can like grow and blossom without either party becoming too attached to the other without there being 
any type of dating happening. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to take an extreme example Do it. here. I would say any married person, right? Yeah. Like they're pretty clear that they shouldn't be attracted to really anybody else of the opposite sex besides their spouse, right? They shouldn't act on those attractions. Yeah, actually, attractions yeah, you, are going to yeah, happen. Good point. You can have attractions when act on them. And so just taking that into account with my own married life, obviously I would have something, whatever I need to do work-wise with them would make sense. But beyond that, I just know that's not a relationship that I'm going to invest in or dive in. And obviously that, that's the excuse that you, you current somebody eventually you could date, which would not be the case in a married situation. You really got to put up boundaries and um, I don't think you want necessarily that friendship. Um, Cause we're, we're big believers that, you know, men and women can't be really good friends. That's, that's not, not uh, created us to be, you can be friends, you can have a friendship, but uh, a, a deep one, I think, and Lisa, you might want to speak more on that, but I think that's something you want to definitely limit yourself on. Yeah, I mean, there's just like, there's a certain level where, you know, there's just a natural, like, it, if I was a guy friend and we went out to coffee every week, Kevin would feel uncomfortable for good reason. Like, if that's yeah. the person who I pour my heart out to, as opposed to Kevin, it's like, you promised to give everything to me, you know, as my spouse, we would be where you are, like, somebody else <laughs> yeah like that kind of feels and rightly so um and so i kind of that perspective of you know if you're called to marriage like one day you are gonna have a spouse if you become really close and you're just you're super close with somebody of the opposite sex well when you do okay how's that relationship gonna fit in but potentially very awkward so it's just a lot easier to just kind of know from the beginning like yeah there's certain boundaries assuming a relationship with this person uh, just for the sake of everybody's hearts and, and everybody's involved. So I'm not sure if that answers your question though, Ethan, I, I kind of, well, like it, I... it kind of does, but it, it leads me into something different. So like I, um, for, a, for a long time, I've said, you know, my best friend is a girl, which is like weird. And you two are like diametrically opposed to it. And we've had people tell us before that like, it's, it's harder when I think people are younger, like when you're in high school and you're really good friends with a girl and like you have no interest in dating the other person, even if you are just totally platonic, it's hard to hear somebody say that men and women can't be really close friends because you just go, well, why the heck not? Like we both get along great and we, we talk to each other and this, that and the other thing. But as I'm getting older and she – I mean she has a boyfriend of like two years and they're going to get engaged soon. It like becomes way more apparent that the the nature of the relationship has to change as we grow older and as we both – uh, go to different points in life. And so, and it has, which is good. And we both prayed about it. And we both talked about it and we both kind of understand like what everybody was telling us when we were in high school. But I think there's so much opposition to that fact because when you're younger, it just doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and we, our daughter, like she very much is more drawn to being friends with guys. Like that's just her style. She's like, I'd rather go play touch football on the playground than talk in a circle of girls like that's just not her style you know she's 10 she's 10 yes <laughs> she's 10 <laughs> yeah so i'm sure for her like that that is you know like some of her friends are boys at this stage in her life like we're not like worried about it right now she's 10 you know but like that is going to yeah. be something as she grows older that like we're gonna have to help her kind of navigate um and help her you know kind of figure out yeah how does that work how does that look um and yeah it does if if that does rub people the wrong way sometimes, but being married now, like there's nothing more important 
than the strength of rich. And so we would just rather do whatever we can to keep that bond as strong as possible. You know, stepping back from certain friendships, um, like we're totally good with that. And I, I've always seen it as like, it's something that it depends on the relationship, you know, like if um, going, going away to college uh, from going away from my girlfriend was weird for her. Cause she's like, okay, he's going to make friends with a ton of women. It was like, so for the first year I was like very cautious with how much time I spent around women. But as she got more comfortable with me being friends with women, she was, she didn't know those relationships were able to like, you know, be deeper, but still not to like my very closest friends you know I, I don't think it's like necessarily you can't be close friends with a woman because you know like marriage is the closest you know the deepest kind of friendship I think Whoa. it's just that that's that that's relationship crazy. is so deep you just can't you know have it with anybody um, yeah and I, and I think what Kevin's saying is not like don't be friends you know <laughs> that's not what you mean <laughs> yeah. well, we yeah. don't look at a girl friends. don't think about girls no mm-mm <laughs> We use friends so loosely, right? Like, yeah. there's so many different levels of friendship. Like, could I grab a meal with some my friends who are girls, like on campus? Like, yes, that's not weird or awkward. But it's, I think it's that a lot of that one-on-one time, just alone. You put your situation where yeah. you're probably making attachments that can easily lead to romantic, even if you both tell yourself it doesn't or it's plutonic or whatever. There's just want to be together non-plutonic ways and uh it's gonna be hard when you share your hearts for you not to uh want that romantically as well that's that actually leads into a good question this is not a this is not a preloaded question this is one of my own um emotional chastity oh boy strap in it's used oh gosh what it mean? it's what all of those things yeah i, I have a tattoo right here it's <laughs> Kevin says, Kevin, be emotionally chased. I made him get that when we got married. And it says dash, <laughs> says dash Lisa underneath. <laughs> one day I woke up this woke up and I just had this tattoo. <laughs> and one of my ribs was missing. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. That's right. <laughs> Those are all lies. There's no tattoo. Um, that's a great question because this is a hot, a hot topic um, debate. <laughs> I know, especially at Steubenville, I feel like there's definitely opinions oh, on this. Oh, oh, definitely. Did I mention I go to Steubenville? Never mind. I, <laughs> I just know that. Um, emotional chastity. Okay, so the origin of that phrase, where did it come from? I, I honestly don't know. The first time that I have ever seen it in print, it always surprises people, is in Dr. Edward Shree's book, Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love. Whoa. And he talks talks about ooh, we're getting that. to the origins of the word that's right i've i've, I've actually tried to read um and it is he has um a chapter because at jp2 talks about the two types of attraction there's sensual attraction which is physical attraction and sentimental attraction which is uh, emotional attraction in a sense and he talks about this in his book love and responsibility so in one of his chapters dr street talks a lot about the emotions and how emotional attractions can turn into use um, from JP2. And so he calls it, and he puts a question mark after it. He's like, emotional chastity question mark. Like, is this, you know, Ooh. is there something there to it? So basically, the phrase came up, and I don't know if he is the first person to use it. We would talk about it when we, like, the, so I, but Dr. Shree was at Benedictine when I was there. So I don't know if this word came from Benedictine. I have no idea, actually, I, or from focus. We I can blame say. Benedictine for this. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, we, 
Let's Take all just blame <laughs> whatever's from Kansas is bad. That's what, what I do. I think it actually Three. drifted over from K State is how it happened, and somehow it came to Benedict. There it is. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, go the- fighting bobcats or whatever. <laughs> bobcats? Does Franciscan even have a mascot, Patrick, other than a snooty, snooty Catholic who thinks they're better than everyone else? Yes, the Barons. <laughs> it's dumb. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, any, anyway, social chastity. Um, okay, so I think that the purpose of the phrase was they were trying, whoever, to give an easily understood phrase that would help people understand so there's physical chastity and they were like emotional chastity it's something people can understand really what should it be called you know it's it's using virtue using the using prudence to and will to integrate with your passion so you can rightly choose how to act in a given situation when it comes to the emotional side of your relationship right but nobody gets that when you say it like that but when you say emotional chastity everybody goes I think I got an idea, kind of. But the problem is, is the kind of, because it's taken on its own, like, life that depending who you ask, I mean, there's so many versions of it, right? For some people, emotional chastity yeah. means never looking at somebody of the opposite sex, right? Correct. And, and for others, <laughs> it's like, um, uh, I don't know. There is no such thing as emotional chastity. Yeah, or That's like not yeah. talking about marriage until at least the, the third day. Like, so it's... At least... <laughs> <laughs> really holding out. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a massive fan. I understand if you want to get to the theological root of it, well, chastity includes the integration of the entire person. So, okay, people will give it to you. But th- there's still some, like, amb- and it's like, well, JP2 never used that phrase. Therefore, you know, what does it mean? Um, but, but, I mean, but ultimately, I mean, it's ultimately rooted in sentimental love. What you think is once yeah. people know that's the root, it's like, oh, it's coming from love and responsibility okay, there might be something more to it. But yeah, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts about on the podcast before maybe, but um, yeah, your experiences. Oh dear. I, I think that uh, the the whole not talking about marriage at the third date is a good way to be emotionally chased. But I mean, I, I, I see those, there's two there's two ways to look at it. It's like, like chased not giving yourself, not assuming marriage is going to happen. Also not sharing so like, emotionally naked before the person you know you're not like these are all of my sins and everything i struggle with here are all of my burdens like this wanted to have coffee with you man and i just all right bob this is getting a little too heavy for me so yeah those those are my those are my thoughts and and think about and i want to hear ethan's although that might be a whole podcast but (laughs) if you think about the physical side right like there's a prudishness on the physical side as well right like on the extreme on one revealing yourself or going too far physically. The other extreme is no, we don't hold hands. We don't touch one another. Our bodies are bad. The same thing with the emotions where we get so paranoid that we become prudish with it as well. It's like, I can't share anything with you. And if I think about you too much, I'm sending, right? Just like physicality. I think we can do the same with the emotions and it can be used and and we become prudes just like uh, the physical side. An emotional prude. An (laughs) an emotional prude. Yeah. Did I just coin that? You gotta you gotta write it down in a book somewhere. Put a question mark next to it and just let everybody else figure it out. That's right. Can someone be? Can someone be an emotional tea thing? Like, don't actually have. I think that's flirting, Patrick. I think that's oh, gotcha. okay. part of flirting. I've yeah. never been flirted with, so I wouldn't know. That's the problem. 
Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so here's my deal with the whole thing, right? I'm a very emotionally complex man, first of all. We just get that out there. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so for me, with this whole dating and emotional chastity thing, my biggest struggle ever since I can remember is that just um, I will meet some type of Catholic woman and I will fall for said Catholic woman and it'll take me like six months to get back up, you know? And... Uh, it's because I just – it's not even that I'm sharing too much with her. It's just that I get so emotionally invested in the idea of dating this person that um, I forget to like be present in reality, you know? And so yep. emotional chastity for me is good because I think it needs to be a harsher thing for me to to like not, I don't know, jump off that ledge every single time I see a girl go to mass or whatever. So – I don't know. I think it's I think it's good, but that's because I just need a harsher reminder and like a harsher standard to kind of live up to. So maybe I don't know. Does that uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's Yeah, like, no, that makes sense on who you are as a person. Yeah. yeah. I think certain people I think the biggest critique that I'll hear on emotional chess is usually from men, which I always think is funny cuz I think and, and Ethan I probably <laughs> share I'm probably a more emotionally complex human being like yourself, but <laughs> So I, I a little bit more intuitively of that, my emotions. And I think it's so key because as Christians and as Catholics, sometimes we know very well the the lines that we can cross physically, and that's mm-hmm. very well known. Yeah. But because we have the, those lines, some people go, well, because I can't do those things physically, emotionally I'll start to cross some lines because, well, that's not as visual and those aren't as clear. Um, and, and you so can, you can okay. justify it to yourself easier if you're if it's like not a physical thing. Like you can't. You know, you can make yourself think, oh, yeah, this is fine. Like, this is okay, what I'm doing, when in reality, it's it's probably yep. not, you know? And what I what I love about the way Dr. Shree approaches it, one of his lines that he uses talks about, like, emotional enslavement Ooh. and how, like, we can, just like we can become enslaved to our physical passions, we can become enslaved passions. And so any passion, remember, any which passions include you know, our appetites of our lower faculties, so that would be our, our, our feelings or, you know, our senses, um, Anyways, we have to remember, like, those can't control us. It's our instinct to determine, is this good? We can't allow our emotions to determine if it's good. Now, emotions have legitimate needs that need to be taken into consideration, but it, ultimately it's the intellect that needs to be the one who's processing through those and filtering those and asking, okay, is it good? And then what do we do because of these emotions that are happening to us? And, and inherent in all those questions is emotions aren't bad, right? There's things that happen to making sure that the intellect is is making a choice and ultimately our will's making that choice as well. It's dope. Actually. We got all we got all philosophical on you. We did. I don't know I don't even know how to respond. I don't have a degree yet. 
Um, <laughs> I think, Patrick, do you mind if I take up to that? I, I don't mind if you take it another direction. Okay. Um, I think everything you just said is good, by the way, Kevin and Lisa. That was just over my head. I hope everybody listens and understands it. Sorry about that. No, it's good. That it's was only great. 5'11", you so should have You should have sent me Dr. Shree's book so I could read that. Honestly. <laughs> but, um, so this is my... One of my own questions. This wasn't sent in. It's, um, I think in today's today's dating world, um, there's a lot of conversation about um, should the women be more active or more passive in the dating relationships. Um, and I want to hear kind of your thoughts because I think for the men, it's always been expected that they go out and they put themselves out there. But now there's this kind of conversation happening where it's like, oh, girls should not be afraid to ask guys out. Um, and like pursue the men and then there are people like, no, women should always be the pursued, not the pursuer. Um, what do you guys think about that situation? Well, Lisa, Lisa pointed to me to, to say this, but I'm going to quote her. <laughs> she says, does any woman dream of the day where she gets on one knee and asks her husband to marry her? Whoa. And I think the answer is pretty much no, maybe not all the time, but most cases, I think women say, no, I actually want that guy to ask me, right? I, I want that guy to, to make that stand. I want him to. And so I think if that's true for marriage, why isn't that true for dating as well? Now, that doesn't mean a woman, your, your original question was, should they be more active or, or more passive? My answer is yes, depending on the woman. You have to, as a woman, just say, well, I'm just going to sit in the corner and wait for a guy to ask me to dance. Like, you know, there's things you can do, and I'm not a woman, and this is where I should probably stop talking, but there's things you can do <laughs> to be proactive besides asking a guy out. Um, Patrick hasn't experienced that with flirting, but I think that's one of them. But Lisa, <laughs> I'm going to hand it off here. I, so I have no problem with a girl coming to a guy, especially if you know so let's say there's something going on and you're in that ambiguous gray and you can tell like there's an attraction, like you, your friends, like something's going on. You can tell what's going on. Right. So and it's been more than three days. Yeah. yeah so I'm not talking about, dang it. I'm not, yeah. And I'm not talking about the, like, <laughs> like we just met and I'm just like going to go over and ask the girl out. I'm, I'm actually more of, of the feeling of like, you should just become friends first. So you can skip all the heartache if you can just get to know them as a friend first and realize whether or not you should actually ask them out. So I'm, I'm of the stance of, I think you need to wait until you've actually friendship. So if at that point there's a, and you can tell, you know, I think there's something going on here. I have no problem with a, a guy. I can this relationship. What I have a problem with is when the guy turns around and makes her be the one to do it first. I think the guy needs to be the one to do it first and be the one to put his heart on the line and, and put his, um, What's the reputation. right word? His reputation. I don't know what it is, but you He's know, like rep. put himself on the line for the, because that's all in marriage always as the guy is to take that risk and be the one who's going to um, protect and provide and all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like, girls, go, go ahead. Like ask him, like, I need you to define this. I need to know where we're at. The problem is then a lot of guys will be like, well, I don't know. What do you think we are? And that's <laughs> where I'm like, uh-uh, nope. Like <laughs> he's got to say it first. I made that mistake with uh, with Sarah. I uh, did not tell her that I liked her, and so she used her friend's phone to text me to ask me, and uh, I regret that all the time. Wow! Like you <laughs> thought it was her friend asking? Yeah, I, I regret that I heard do that. 
I regret oh, that she had to do that. Gotcha. Because yeah. I, I wish I could have just done it. I could have just, oh, I think you're fine. And I'd like <laughs> to take you out. And then she would have said, yeah, because that's, I, I mean, who was that proposition? Swimming over that proposition right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and also to go back to the marriage analogy, like, it'd be okay for a woman to say, hey, like, are, are we going to just date forever? Like, and again, and the guy saw up and he has to make the decision and not just say, just say, well, what do you think? Should we get married? You know, like, no, but um, yeah. well, that's a conversation. Know. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the fact that, that like before we, before you proposed, like we, I think we both kind of knew it was coming, but it wasn't like you pre proposed. Hey, can I go buy you a ring? Cause then it's like the actual <laughs> proposal isn't as romantic. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think still, if like, similar to know for like why are we getting engaged or like what's going on just like if you should be dating and you're like what are we if you get to that yeah i mean you can ask like what's the future of this relationship yeah maybe not you know like hey before you take me to coffee yeah i want to marry right like that's yeah i mean the deal is up i think the backup point is the the girl asks for a conversation in most situations that's men that answers my question patrick hit him with the twitter Hit him with a Twitter question. Oh, you ready for this? I'm so excited. Okay. Oh, okay. I exited out of it. Are you? Oh, I gotta, okay. We have one job. I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, emotional chastity belts. Never mind. Moving on. No, um, that one. That was what? actually a question. What would that even oh, look God. like? It couldn't look like. I don't, it'd just be a anything. giant. I don't want to know. It'd, it'd be, be a giant metal diaper that you wear around your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's too emotionally unchaste for me to imagine what that looks like. Um. Oh, did you did you ask Kevin's question, Ethan? Kevin, was that similar? Um, I okay. did. I did ask that one. Ask uh, that other one. That that Avery's that other one. Avery's question. Avery's question. Yeah. Wait, is that on Twitter? I'll ask it. What should the first right, few on. dates ideally look like? Oh, what should the first few dates ideally look like? Yeah, like what if you if you had if some this- like just help out all the brothers out there. Who are kind of <laughs> struggling? Um, maybe they oh. they they find this chick fine, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm in a college town um, in Kansas, and I don't necessarily know where to take this girl or what to do with her. Uh, what should I do?" Hypothetically. So, what should Ethan do, guys? Yeah. So, hypothetically, um, can we share our first date? Please do. Yes. Oh my goodness. Now I'll give a little preface. This is a key question because I think similar to the asking out, no girl wants to be asked on her first date. Hey, like you come to the door and be like, Hey, what do you want to do? Like nothing uh, says I am not willing to like put effort, honor into you this. and respect you and all those things. And a lot of guys will do that just because they're like, well, I was trying to do like, they're not trying to do something stupid. They just don't know to know poor fella every single date. So Lisa, you, you probably have a better recollection of our first date. Share, share away. <laughs> I, I, I think I know what I- what do you mean? You know what our first date was? Okay, so Kat, well, first of all, be like if you could take me out to dinner. Like, so it's clear. Like for our first date, I would like to take you out to dinner, and so we picked a night. Um, and we were living in the same dorm building, so he, he walked down the stairs. Um, <laughs> and we went to Kansas City, so we were at Benedictine. So we drove forty-five minutes to go to Lydia's, which is downtown by the Union Station. Wow. Really nice restaurant. Swanky, um, Kevin. TV show. That's how you know it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So we went out to dinner and um, after the date, then like, 
like, you know, school, but the next day he sent me flowers and just said, thank you for a nice evening. I I'd love to take, I'm excited about this relationship. Um, and so it was intentional. So when nice. I, say the first few dates they should be intentional like you should think through what will help us to actually know each other that will help us to discern you know the whether or not this relationship continues so if your first date is like let's go to a movie well you unless if you're gonna like go get coffee after and talk like you're not gonna actually get to know each other in a dark room watching a movie and it also makes room for some awkward like do i hold dark you know like do I put my arm around her like it just opens up for questions it was nice like sitting across the table from each other having a conversation at our first date because we could have a great conversation and there wasn't awkwardness tied into it you know so I, I just I think the first few dates should just be intentional and they show it show some um some buy-in you know like yeah this me this is important to me so I'm actually going to put something into this yeah. yeah other good dating activities I would say a great activity because you can compete that's kind of fun and you can talk while you're going um so again something where you can do something together you can get out do something you can also have that conversation i think is key i think it's also nice to be and then you can also ruthlessly uh lord over them your inevitable victory that's always fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah that'd be kevin in any sport if we go to the batting cages or we go play putt-putt or anything Ooh, batting cages that's a good one that would be good I've never yeah. swung a bat in my life, so that would be probably funny for her. <laughs> Not so much funny for me. It could be a lesson in humility. You could just get that out there right away. Lord knows you know. I need more of those. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So you were saying, Lisa? Oh, it's just nice to do things in like that are like in public, too. It just makes it less awkward. Like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> There's more things to talk about. You know, look at that! Those people over there—they're weird. Look at how funny his weird shorts on. What? Yeah, ever you know? So talk about that, or just right in front of you. <laughs> that guy looks like an elf. Oh wait, that's a mirror. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a follow-up question from at c shannon underscore. Do y'all still like 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 each other? And that is very. What <laughs> get Fine, like, what does that even mean? I mean, mean? she said it. Do you all still like like each other? Do you got those? You got those butterflies when you wake up in the morning. Actually, like like each other. Kevin, does she wake you up every morning? Don't need no Starbucks. That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. Yeah, the answer is yes. Okay. (laughs) But in married life, it looks different. So like, you don't have the butterflies. It's not like I can't believe I'm with this person. It's like, well, we've. Like yeah, I can That's, believe yeah. that I'm with this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've been here for 12, been 12 years. years. It's pretty well ingrained in my mind. This person's gonna be, but I think it's a uh, love is an interesting thing because like as you have that experience, or your love, and so it's not so much like on the surface like feelings and butterflies and unicorns and rainbows, but it's more so a, a love uh, that's deeper based on experience and just knowing that that person has done or sacrificed or, you know, bore your children or whatever it is, right? That person loves you in a way that you don't feel all the time or not, not like, oh, they give me, you know, uh, great feelings, but um, you just experience like that, that is true, you know? And uh, I think that's what's, yeah, beautiful about married love. 
And there are definitely like tender, sweet moments, even to this day, you know, where like those butterflies will come, you know, it's not like every moment, like it was when we like, we're on our first date where I just was like, I can't even eat, you know, like (laughs) staying life in that like state, like nothing would get done. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, but I will say I would never trade the days, even though I cherish them for what we have now, because it's taken a lot to get to this point. And I would never want to go back and never have to like redo everything that we've done to get to this point. Mm -hmm. That brings up a question for me. Like, so love matures as you go on, you know, and if you're in a serious relationship, your love has matured, even if you're not married yet. So like, say, you say you have you've been in like a, a long-term relationship and like your love has matured and that's and you start again do you think that the that your your ability to love has matured or do you have to start over again do you know what i'm saying yeah i think it's a little both because it's a new relationship okay. and it's a new couple and you've got two different personalities coming together so maybe one party has learned some hard-earned truths from a dating relationship but the other hasn't So you still, and it's two different personalities, it's two different histories, two different pasts, two different everything. And so there's, I think, a new, a a new um, twist to that. So, I mean, I even picture like, we, yeah, I know of some couples where like the husband, it's his second marriage, but it's because his spouse died. And then for his new spouse, it's the first marriage. And so for her, that's, that's, you know, first time around for her. It's like, even though he learned those hard truths with his like there's still going to be things that they have to work through together because mm-hmm. it's a new couple. It's a good point. Yeah, it's almost like you're changed vibes that you're in, so you should make sure that you choose those relationships carefully. Yeah, and that could be good experience, <laughs> or it could also be bad experiences, right? Yeah. Like I went through this, and like I, I experienced this, or like I made sacrifices for this, and then in the end, it didn't come through, right? And so then we we can maybe hold back our hearts on the second relationship because we're like, well what happened on the first time, you know, like, I don't want to. Yeah. So I, I think in th- those are, those are tough situations, but I think trying to hit the reset button in some ways is, is really healthy. These are all very, very good, good things. Yeah. I, I know Ethan and I both got a lot of our own questions answered and well, I have a, I have a hard time. Did as I have well. a hard time contributing to this portion of the show where you talk about people in long-term relationships and how to deal with prior relationships. Uh, <laughs> Because I've only had one, and it was in high school, and it was for two months. And so I'm not, like, really on the up and up as far as these long-term relationships go. So I'm just kind of like, all right, that's cool. I dig that. Good for you. Uh, keep keep going. You know? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about that. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. No, yeah, no. Um, you, can't, you can't see the tears. <laughs> Ethan is single. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's, I go to Franciscan. Ethan is single. That's our shtick. That's Welcome a, to the crunch. We've got it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> so yeah, like, um, Ethan, back to. Sorry, go on, Kevin. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just. I was gonna. I was gonna try talking about the book a little bit more because I liked the stories. My favorite part Excellent. of the book. And I did you I have, like the picture? I, I'm just checking. There, there are <laughs> no, no pictures. And so that if that was a test, I passed. <laughs> um, but I like the stories, and I, and I believe I, I just want I just want to put that out there. All of these stories are true, right? Like these are all people that you've talked to and met. One hundred percent true. That's, Unless they're lying to our faces. That's insane. There's so many stories. There's like at least one or two per day. 
ridiculous. I love stories. We spent a lot of hours doing interviews before this book. Um, so, so it really, yeah, really any of the stories, they're not like from my past, from, from speaking or from my friends' relationships. I mean, it was specifically, I just did an intensive amount of research for this book before we began. And so all those stories that's good because a lot of people tend to speak to their own experience when they're giving advice, you know, like, well, right. I dated my wife for, for two days and then we were engaged and married within a year. And it's like, <laughs> so that's how you have to do it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we knew that about, I know I have my own experiences. Kevin has his own experience. That's not going to encompass everything that needs to be said in a book like this. Do not have, there, there, there are no singularities in this book. There's a, plethora of different people with different views and different struggles and sins and it's it's very interesting it's very interesting i i i recommend 10 out of 10 thank you Thanks, that means a lot to us when, when when is my check coming by the way I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> my publisher sent you a free copy of the book that's that was right that, which is which is really nice i was worried i was gonna have to buy it i was like oh no i don't have a job um yeah <laughs> You got a copy too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, haven't okay. read it yet, but it's there. That's okay. I know. I feel I feel <laughs> so bad because you sent it to me and I got it right before I went home for Easter. Um, and I didn't have t- any time to read it over Easter weekend. Then I came back and I got tests and it's just a bad time to read your book. So I will. Ethan, no, one, no one's mad at you. I feel no like one's upset. I you just, read it when you yeah, need to read it. It's, yeah, it's fine. Patrick will just get all of the money, and, and that's okay. You're both yeah. so supportive. I really need that in my life. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, this has been an incredible conversation. Yeah. I've enjoyed I don't even – it. time flew, man. It's been it at least an hour, right? Has it? Much, it's somewhere around there. At least 45 minutes. I don't keep track. We've been recording for a long time, but that was just us. Yeah. I don't know. I, do you guys have any last thoughts? Um, maybe like say your Twitter handles again. Things things that you think that people should know that maybe we didn't touch on because we didn't ask you the right question. <laughs> no, it's all questions. Um, that's, the book is very much geared towards your audience. Like, like it's very much from the college perspective. Um, college young adult, like just kind of out of college. It's something where you're like, Things are just feeling stale and you're not really sure where to go from here. Um, it's a book for you. And it's not about like that. There's so much more to it than people from that freedom to love and be loved. And so the book really tries to cover and hopefully we, we do that in the book. So I just really encourage you uh, just to check it out. You can get um, Selena ever. And when I say they're our friends, they, they really are our friends. Um, <laughs> and um, so the introduction and it'll just send you a PDF right away of um of that start of the book. So if you're curious about it, just encourage you to go there and, and check out the, the beginning of the book and, and see if maybe it might be a good fit for you. Definitely. That's cool. Dope. And if you have the book, pass it around to your friends, right? Yeah. That, that's right at the end. I like yep. That. Wow. Patrick, you're impressive. He, he read it. Thank you. <laughs> I did. <laughs> very, very cool. And Twitter handles, again, Kevin, R, and Lisa, and Cotter is easier. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Joke. I wanted to do it again. <laughs> it's a callback, Lisa. It's a callback. It's oh, there's a fancy word for that. Okay. Oh, yeah, and if it's oh, a yeah. time, it's a running joke. That's how it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we, it's a how to Catholic podcast. We're, we're very practical people. So it's very much a podcast on how do you practically live 
Live Your Catholic with Excellence, which is what we're all about. So if you are a fan of podcasts, you can check out How to Catholic. Which, if I would hope hopefully you are. You are yeah, if you're, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe they're just fans of you guys. I don't know. You guys have a pretty insane um, Twitter cult behind you, which is neat. It's the weirdest thing. That's in the, the world. perfect way to put it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Twitter cult was just dropped. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> insane Twitter cult. The ITC. <laughs> Ending interviews is so hard because they're so much fun, and we love talking to you guys. Um, and and I'm bad at doing that. Ethan, how about you take it away? Oh. Good. Um, well, thank you for joining us, Kevin and Lisa. We really appreciate it. Um, that's all we have for now. So uh, please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. Awesome. Thanks so much for having us on, and uh, God bless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.